All right, we are digging for wisdom. It is the playoff edition. It's the wizard. It's Professor Diggs. I gotta be honest, Diggs. This we've gone through eleven weeks. I didn't think we were gonna make it. I figured for sure you would say something to anger me or a coach, and we'd shut this whole thing down. Now you have done that with the coaches, but me and you have seemed to be getting along quite well through eleven weeks. Although you do challenge me at times, we're still boys, and we've made it to the playoffs. Very excited about that. What do you? What, what are your thoughts on the regular season and how we got through this podcast? Well, I mean, I, I am the champion of the regular season, and and I, and I saw that you're coming in to uh, challenge me as the uh, guest prognosticator for the uh, Fort Worth Star Telegram DF Varsity. You got to bring in the boss to to put me in my place. Uh, you a little passive aggressive there, Ward. Throwing a little uh, picks here and there. It's like our uh, our, our Tour de France team. We got to finish one two somehow. We got to make sure we're in the top. Uh, we're, one of us gets that daggone yellow jersey. I hope it's you because that would prove that you're the true insider that you've always been. I, I, the, the champ is here, as we like to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed you haven't fired me yet. I mean, I, I, I did work some language into that uh, contract of mine, but man, uh, it, it's been fun. And really, in, in many ways, Ward, when you look at my rankings and you look at the campfire and what we talked about six to seven months ago, there are little surprises here and there, but really things have kind of gone – kind of as we expected it in, in the big picture. You know, if you look, even look at the top 10, uh, you know, Byron Nelson maybe a little bit uh, kind of jumped up and then kind of jumped back down. But everything is just kind of what we expected it. And, uh, you know, now we get to the playoffs. And now we get the heavyweights fighting each other. And I think that's when we're going to have the most fun is really seeing some of these teams that we've been waiting to finally, you know, some of these dream matchups. We're finally going to start seeing those dream matchups. Absolutely. It was actually a fun little dump you took last Friday. Boy, that didn't sound right. <laughs> because going back to the campfire, and you admitted it, I forced you to make these predictions. It was April, and you're not quite sure who was you going to transfer out, if a coach was going to quit, what was going on. I was like, too bad, Diggs. Tell us how they're going to finish. And you did quite well. So, I mean, that's why they call you the professor. You know what time it is. But let's get into uh, 6A Division One. Let's get into Region One. So we'll start right from the top. Uh, region 1, we usually start at 3-6-A, so let's start with North Crowley taking on Timber Creek uh, in a first-round matchup. North Crowley, uh, they they went through their district and got that first place, and they ended up getting the Timber Creek team that, you know, they, they did what they had to to get the playoffs. I really kind of missed, you know, I was looking back at the stats. I really wanted to see Lonnie Johnson play this year. He got hurt. He made one catch for 75 yards and a touchdown, and that's it. I would, I would have loved to see him – in a full full season, I don't know if they'd finish any higher than they are now, but now they're heading into that nice new stadium over there in North Crowley and and taking on the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about North, uh, Timber Creek, and they at least got to win their way in, as opposed to some of the teams we'll talk about next that lost their way into the playoffs. I really feel, Ward, if you want to have a disrespect moment, I, I really feel just disrespect for North Crowley. And I don't mean that. In a, like, I've seen people pick North Crowley to win the region. And I just have – I don't feel North Crowley like maybe I should, Ward. So I know you saw them against Lovejoy. I haven't seen them. Maybe that's why I feel, you know, this, you know, oh, the first time they play a real team, they're out of here kind of a sense. Can you make a case for North Crowley make an extended run? Because I, I just don't feel it. If extended means two rounds and getting to round three, then I'm with that extension. But I don't know if I can pull the – I can't pull the extension cord any much further than that because – 
I just think Prosper's playing too good. And and even if it was SGP, I think they may at least give them a nice challenge there. But I do – you do want to hang your hat with North Crowley. They, I mean, what else can – they beat who they had to play and, and who they had to had to face. You can't really knock them for not winning the games. But it's just that district maybe is not going to give them as much challenge as they're going to get outside here when we get to the postseason. Yeah, and, and getting the El Paso and uh, El Paso or, or El Paso Pebble Hills or Odessa, Odessa Permian, I'm going to take Mojo in that game. I just have a hard time thinking that North Crowley is going to go to Shotwell and beat Odessa Permian, uh, you know, on the on the road, uh, you know, even though it's a neutral site game. I, you know, I think they're going to be favorites over Timber Creek. I think Timber Creek might even give them a little bit of a hassle. Remember earlier in the season, Ward, uh, it kind of made me a little skeptical on Coppell. Timber Creek gave Coppell a pretty good game. And Timber right. Creek, you know, in that district uh, where they're playing the big dogs, uh, they kind of got overshadowed a little bit. I'm not calling a full-on upset watch here, but I, I think Timber Creek will keep this a little bit more competitive. And what I mean competitive, maybe a two-score game, maybe a one-score game at halftime, and then Crow- North Crowley gets up three scores in the in the fourth quarter. Timber Creek scores late to keep it respectable. But North Crowley, and, and this is one part of the reason that I'm just not on the, on the wagon, and it's a good thing for North Crowley, is they're so defense-based. When you look at the stats this year, I mean, Camorian Pipton has really – you know, been their kind of standout player, but it's their defense really setting their offense up to short drives, special teams. So they haven't had a chance to put up big numbers because they haven't had to put up big numbers. So North Crowley could certainly be a team that could surprise us in the playoffs when they have to do something, maybe they will be able to. Uh, and defense is something that travels well and go out to Abilene, maybe a cold, uh, cold front or something out there on a cold Saturday afternoon. Maybe they'll surprise Odessa Permian, but I, I'm just not, not not buying that North Crowley stock right now, but I've I've been wrong on North Crowley before, so I have a feeling that they're going to make me want to eat my words again. Coach Gates can always uh, walk down the hallway to, to Tommy Brackle's office, and he's made a lifetime of winning on the road. I mean, he wins his first game and then just packs up and takes off east. He knows exactly how much time he needs to, you know, part drive in, part practice in, where to stop and eat. That's all he does. So maybe Coach Brackle can say, hey, don't get don't worry about the, all the travel we're going to be doing out to the east east side of east side of or excuse me west side of Texas because you know I got a plan and you follow this plan we'll be all right but I, I would think I, I'm thinking they're going to win two rounds but we'll see what happens uh, let's move on down to it looks like you have something to say nothing to say no I, I, I disagree with you I, I think the bottom half of the bracket's much stronger than the top half yeah as we move down and I mean you talked about a team that backed in that's definitely Plano. Plano back straight into the playoffs. Uh, what three straight losses, right? And they, straight four straight losses, and they still get in there. Whereas Prosper has been working against some of the tougher teams in six A when they battled the Guyers and the Highlands and even the McKinneys of the world. They're matching up at the up in Prosper. Uh, man, I see Prosper winning this thing by three scores at least. Three scores. At, I think at halftime might be your three scores. <laughs> I think you know we might have some game management going on. And really, I feel like Prosper has, you know, when you look back at the very beginning of the season, just think of week one, they were playing Trinity. We thought Trinity in our heads were going to be a lot better than they were. And that was a one score game. And, you know, then they played Rockwall and that was a one score game. And and then they played Allen and that was a one score game. And finally against McKinney, they've kind of, you know, put that offense into 
full drive and has hit it to that next gear. I think Prosper, and, and they've had the experience going to the regional finals the last couple of years, and I think that we might see Prosper going back to the regional finals, maybe even taking that next step uh, and making it to the state semifinals this year. Uh, Prosper, again, it's just one of those teams that, you know, they do it quietly and and, and Maybe we should take them off the quiet uh, and, and put some noise and put some respect on Prosper. Uh, but I think Prosper, and, and really, I, I think that all of 5-6-A, I think we're going to see a 5-6-A a sweep right out of the playoffs. I think Prosper is going to have a lot of success against Plano, and I think that, you know they're going to probably win this game 5-6 scores. Yeah, they'll probably win this one going away, like you're talking about. I like the one at the, the Gopher Warrior Bowl, man. That's going to be one that we're, we'll have a camera at for sure. Lake Highlands taking on South Grand Prairie. Now, I do know the last time I went and shot a playoff game at Gopher Warrior Bowl, I got boxed in something terrible when I had to get to my second game. So, anybody driving out there, make sure you park nicely and let a man get out, man. He's got, I got to get to another game. But that has, that's neither here nor there. I'm just laying it on the line for you. Um, there's and, wards complaining here we go yes, again we are complaining about the car the I, I don't even want to talk about walking down that steep runway to get down to the field but that's not again neither here nor there that one have no out uh, nothing to do with the outcome of the game lake highlands taking on uh, uh taking on sgp we've talked at nauseum about how sgp started off zero and five and are now five and five or in the in the rolling and they get a home game here against lake highlands can lake highlands pull this one off you know, if you go back to the campfire, we actually predicted this game. We were like, we're just going to – we're just waiting. We're going to go through the season. We're going to go through our paces and just wait for South Grand Prairie and Lake Highlands round three and pretty much going to plan. Uh, and, and really, Lake Highlands is a team that I'm just not sold on. And I've been talking about this in our podcast for a while now that uh, Lake Highlands just – there's just a little bit of an intangible. I think maybe the depth with their offensive line, not having the playmaker at quarterback that they've had. You know, Deontay Dean is a great running back. Uh, but South Grand Prairie's got that too in A.J. Newberry. And they got Matthew Ramirez at, at receiver. They've got quarterback. I mean, they, they've just got more skill players uh, and a little bit more depth. I can't see South Grand Prairie losing this game. I think that five – lost streak that got got them started on, on the season. They've seen a lot more talent than Lake Highlands has. Lake Highlands uh, saw Jesuit. They saw Highland Park. They didn't fare very well in those two games. Uh, well, they, they, you know, played Jesuit close, but Highland Park uh, pretty much had their way. And then they just kind of went through the uh, 7-6A uh, druthers uh, at the bottom of the district. Looked good at times, looked kind of questionable at times. I saw them against Pierce. Wasn't that impressed? I saw South Grand Prairie against Rockwall. I just think South Grand Prairie has favorable matchups, and I think that they're going to win this game by two scores. Yeah, and I still harp on the fact that I just don't see Lake Highlands using Shamar Donaldson on offense the way I think he should just because he's such a quick, fast athlete. I just, you know, when you look at the stats, I just don't see him making the plays that I thought he would make. And then you flip over to SGP for the people that are just record watchers that just watch the records. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the the year uh, with Mesquite Horn. Remember they they kind of got in the joint at three and seven or something like that and won two three games. This could be a team like that, except they they've actually proven themselves down the stretch here. I don't think Horn kind of did down the stretch. They they got in there at three and seven and then just they just made some noise and with some favorable matchups. But if we move down. Uh, down a bracket and we'll see Keller taking on uh, Trinity at home. This happened last year. My man, James Harris will be at it. He'll be at any time Trinity in Ke or Keller's on the field. James Harris is there. If they're playing each other, he may be, he, he'll clone himself. So you can have one guy on each side uh, shooting this game, but 
I, this is a game where Trinity gets in there at four and six. They had to go to overtime in front of a, an amazing crowd at that Bell Trinity game. Boy, oh boy, was that crowd something else. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights or anything, but just you couldn't even shoot the game without seeing people overflowing all over the place. I guess they're parking at the McDonald's. They may have been parking at game day productions in order to get to this game. And, and Trinity had to win to make it. They got it, the win in the uh, the last – they got the touchdown when Bell had to settle for a field goal. Now they head into Keller – and, you know, they have a little momentum coming down at the end of the season here. But Keller has proven themselves as well. Boy, this is – it feels like a 50-50 game, but I just can't – and I got to fall back on that Ric Flair stuff that you always talk about. I just can't see Trinity losing. Boy, I sound like you now. I just can't see – can't see this kind of a stuff. And, you know, I, I was ready to come on here and, and pick Trinity at, at the beginning of the week. Uh, then I started doing my research, and then I, I really started – diving into Keller and some of the matchups and and Trinity you know they got a sophomore quarterback whereas Keller they got Trey Guerra who's just you know a, a playmaker one of the top quarterbacks Keller was one of the top offenses in the area and they're kind of doing it quietly they also got Jaden Hart and yeah you got Gary Maddox over at at Trinity but then who, who's your receiver over at Trinity and you know they don't have that right. person they can go to and we've been talking about Amari and Henry come on Joe Hoyt let's get this guy an SMU offer you know yeah. Keller just has more playmakers, and they have more consistent playmakers. I can't see Keller losing this game the more I dug into kind of the matchups here. So I'm, I think we're going to see blue lights will shine on uh, on Thursday or Friday whenever we got this game. I think Keller is going to take this uh, and uh, put Trinity down for the year. Well, how they lose this game is if it's close in the, in the going into the fourth. If they haven't shook Trinity by the fourth, then that's that's how they end up losing this thing, I think. Uh, and then, and then they James. And, and James had some hot sports opinions on the Bell game, the Bell Trinity game, and you know, I, you know, he he would trend to be, you know, easily and look for the best in in Trinity, but he wasn't very impressed at Trinity. You know, he thought that uh, it was a, a real lost opportunity for Bell, uh, and and that he he came away more impressed by Bell even in their loss than maybe Trinity in their win. And that's what we just keep seeing with Trinity. Like, you know, well, they just keep finding a way just to, to do just enough to win, to do just enough to make the playoffs, to do just enough to continue earning to us thinking that, oh, this is Trinity. They're going to be back. And maybe in a couple of years, we talked about this on the dump, that their sub-varsities look really good, like, you know, kind of the Trinity of old. But this team, I, I just don't think they, the ceiling is there. And Keller – there are only two losses at the end of the day, and Keller had to go out and, and, and win against yeah. Stafford and Cooper on the road. I think they're going to have that grit. Their two losses to Southlake Carroll and to Byron Nelson, that Carroll game, you know, that's what we kind of disrespected Carroll a little bit from that. I think Keller is going to be one of those scary teams. I think Keller's going to uh, take this take this one home. Turn on the blue lights. Get that get that uh, get that water tower lit up for me, Ward. What, what's your uh, what's your hot sports opinion on uh, a Franklin against Midland? Uh, legacy and who who they might face after that i mean el paso teams i just you know i don't like picking them uh, you know middle and legacy they they come to dfw you know they've 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 they, they'll they'll go out to choctaw and, and play a game on you uh and i think we're gonna see middle and legacy uh you know but i think uh you know middle and legacy might be able to take out the winner of this i think a middle and legacy keller game that's what keller was playing the abilene uh, Cooper's early in the season to get ready for that second round game. And I like the way uh, that uh, the coach over there for Keller's thinking. He's thinking too deep already and thinking three deep. And I think Keller will put that game plan into action. All right. All right. Well, the third game that is 
uh, must-see in Region 1, I think, is Allen against Louisville uh, right up here near me. Now, we know, we know when whenever Louisville does end up losing in the playoffs that they're probably going to get stomped out because that's what happened in the last two years. They're just hoping a home game against Allen. I think it's even worse than maybe even four years. There's some ridiculous stat I remember posting that, you know, if you go back to a couple of years ago, losing to Carroll and then Martin and then Carroll again. Right. I, I mean, there, there's some gnarly losses that uh, Louisville has had. And Martin is, is looming as the, as the next one. But if they can get past Allen, what do you think about Allen's chances here coming on the road? I mean, they'll, they'll travel well, of course, but – Taking on Louisville and what? Uh, well, you've already given it away. You're predicting a six six a getting swept out, uh, and I'm actually surprised agreeing with you. I kind of think Allen will win this one. You know, I, I, Louisville. The pro and, and I've talked. You know, a couple of people have talked to me this week and like Diggs. What's going on with Plano ISD? It's, it's yet another year, and really Plano ISD has gotten better. You just can't see it because I think if we were ranking the teams in the area. You put your 6-6A teams, they're all like 30 to 40. I mean, they're all just kind of shades of the same color, uh, especially after you get out of Coppell and Louisville. You put Hebron and Flower Mound and Plano West and Plano, Plano East. They're all right in the middle. And all these teams, if you were to put them in 9-6A or even 3-6A, uh, they'd all probably make the playoffs in those districts. But it's just very middle heavy. We kind of we talk, kind of talked about that. Whereas 5-6A, it is top heavy. Uh, Allen is a really fantastic team, even though you're going to look at the seven and three record, but you look at the seven and three record. Well, they have a win over Martin. They lost to the number one team in the nation. And I have no idea how they've done it this year after that, if they're still the number one team in the nation, but then Geyer and Prosper, that's it. And they've got some quality wins. They've got some quality skins on the wall. You, you look at Louisville, what's Louisville's best win? Marcus by three, you know, maybe beating Coppell, uh, you know, Plano West by one. You know, is, is Allen really going to lose to a team that, you know, they had to kick a field goal to beat Plano West at the end of the day? You know, and, and I watched Louisville, and, and this is a compliment to Louisville. Louisville is kind of like Allen this year as far as they got a big line, they got a running game. Their quarterback even, you know, reminds me of Kyler Murray at times. You know, he likes, he likes to run out of bounds and he likes to score touchdowns. He doesn't really like to get hit. Uh, but, you know, he's just that talented to where he can do that. So I think Allen – when they look at Louisville, you're going to see that Spider-Man meme. But I think Allen just does it better. They're just going to have more depth. And I think that Allen is going to win this game pretty comfortably by a couple of scores on the road. You think about Louisville losing to uh, Lake or losing to Highland Park earlier this year by two scores at home. You know, you know do you think Highland Park is that much better than Allen at the end of the day? Uh, I, I think Allen is a comfortable favorite in this game. You make good points there. You know, if we do see Louisville come through here, you'll look at the box score and you'll see a severe advantage for the farmers in time of possession. They, they're going to have to grit this thing down. To, they have the ball almost twice as long as, as Allen does to pull this one off. Uh, the winner of this game takes on the winner of Martin and Burtner. Now, you got to see Burtner last week. Man, are they going to be able to stay within, you know, three, four scores of Martin or no? Now, but Bergner is a team that you're going to have to get some bobbleheads ready for some of these guys. That okay. Didi Crow, uh, as a freshman, you know, scoring two touchdowns, punt returns, uh, you know, I mean, he's a special player. And by the time he's a senior, you know, I'm, I'm already predicting 2025, 2026 bobbleheads. Remember his name. All and right. Bergner, they had, you know, sophomores 
They had a junior quarterback. They had sophomore, uh, sophomores all over the field on the defense. They are going to be a team that we're going to be talking about in a year or two, uh, you know, might have that kind of a class to be competitive. They're just not there yet. And having to draw Arlington Martin is not a great draw from the, for them. They're going to learn from this. They're going to take their licks. They're going to take, uh, you know, you know, just like earlier in the year when they took uh, Wiley East and they, they played McKinney and uh, they took their licks there. They're going to take their playoff licks. Uh, but Berkner is going to be nobody's underdog pretty soon. Uh, so give them a couple more years, but I think Martin can name their score this year. Yeah, Martin's one one of those teams, man. There's certain coaches that in this DFW area that you talk to them, even if you're not a player on the team. Joey McGuire is like this, and you get so riled up over their team. And he's just he's got me so riled up on Martin because, man, he's talking about how special a year this is. He's coaching his his son, who's a senior. His daughter's on the cheerleading staff, so he gets to see them all. You know, he takes his kid to work every day. Uh, for what 10 weeks now and you know looking up and down this this bracket to me it looks like I mean the Martin's gonna have a tough second round game but to me it looks like they go to state semis I, I just see them as a possible state semi team here to face whoever comes up out of region two your thoughts well, on that let me ask you Warren I'm riled up, man. I'm riled up. up here because you know, what about the fact that they've already played Allen? They've already lost to Allen. Makes you think that they've got much better. And then they could beat a team like Prosper that's already beat Allen, that's already beat Martin. It's too late, dude. I'm riled up because Wager's got me riled up. I may go lift some weights. I haven't lifted a weight since I was like 16. I may go lift something because Wager's got me riled up over this Arlington Martin team. And I have them in the state semi. So you say what you want to say. I think Wager's going to outcoach Wigginton. You know, he, like he's been saving some things in too. the background, waiting for this. I've been love Wigginton too. Gosh, a lot of coaches I like in this area. Man, let's move on down to Region Two before I start yeah, saying some you know, more dumb stuff. About coach, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. Go ahead, interrupt I'm me again. One more time. I'm shutting down I'm this. Interrupting you. This is the DFW podcast. That means interrupting Ward. So know your role. Just Ward. because your D is in the front is. Oh boy, that didn't sound. DFW, go ahead, guys. That's right. You know, you're talking about my dumps on Friday night and doing all kinds of things. But I was actually listening to an interview from Coach Wigginton because that's the kind of insider I like to be. And he was talking about how in the playoffs you're going to see some situations like you know Jackson Arnold really hasn't run the ball much much because he hasn't had to. And and you think that coaches are going to have some tricks in their back pocket, you know, things that they haven't had to do uh, that they might start to do. And you're talking about uh, Lake Highlands, you know, and, and how you feel like they've misused, uh, you know, that receiver over there. Maybe this is the time. Maybe they've been kind of keeping that in their back pocket. Uh, so I was thinking about that when we're talking about Wigginton and, and Allen and Wager and, and who's going to have what in their back pocket. Uh, then I was thinking how you were disrespecting Lake Highlands a little bit earlier. Maybe they're waiting. Maybe you're going to see something against South Grand Prairie you've been calling to see all year. I, even with that, I don't think it's going to be enough. But now it's the season to to empty your pockets and lay it all out there. I certainly expect that out of Wager because we saw it against uh, Kyler Murray's team up there at North Texas that one year. He emptied the special team's uh, trick box and kept them in there for a little while and then that's a wrap. You know what you know what Kyler Murray did. All right, let's move down to Region Two. Wiley and Mesquite Horn are going to go play this game at Allen's Eagle Field, uh, Eagle Stadium. What are you your thoughts on this one? To me, it looks fairly close. I, I, I'm I, just like I talked about five six A and six six A. I think we were looking at nine six A and ten six A. I'm feeling that same vibe. And you know, last year we were kind of 
putting our hat on Garland, thinking, okay, Garland's going to make it to the regional finals. It's going to be the year. Uh, you know, 9-6-A is not going to get swept. They've got the powerhouse, and sure enough, one and done, all of them out of there. And I don't see anything that lets me feel that Wiley isn't going to be the same way. Mesquite Horn is really like, you know, they almost remind me of South Grand Prairie, and, or not South Grand Prairie, but South Oak Cliff from last year. Just like I talked about how I feel like Lancaster reminds me of South Oak Cliff. Mesquite Horn has figured it out. Now, I don't think they're going to beat Duncanville. I don't think they're going to be competitive against Duncanville. I think, you know, all of this is just waiting for Duncanville and Spring Westfield, and I'll let you weigh in on some of your Houston knowledge. I mean, Duncanville is just that good. But Mesquite Horn with a different, you know, different bracket, if they would have maybe gotten Rockwall spot, you know, maybe they could have made it to the regional finals. So, you know, depending on how things go with that. But Mesquite Horn is a special team. They've really been playing well. They've been doing it with defense, opportunistic offense. I really like them. I think they're going to blow out Wiley. I don't see Wiley being competitive at all in this game. I think Mesquite Horn, you know, wins this game maybe by three or four scores. This is the Mesquite Horn that just beat Roy City by 25. And you think Wiley's got a chance? Come on, Ward. What do you think? Come on, man. You're starting to get riled up again. What You're not going to get me riled up like Wager does. You don't have Jack a Jack is a special quarterback, but he hasn't seen a defense like Mesquite Horn. This is 9-6-A Wiley right here. This is, this is Mesquite Horn. <laughs> playing competitive football in a really good district i second place in this district ward you think wiley's gonna give him a game come wiley's on game, man let's go the pirates we don't know them are All you right. gonna pick wiley are you gonna take him i'm not gonna take wiley no i'm gonna take horn but it's gonna be a heck of a game it's not gonna be three four scores you've been wrong about emerson you'll be wrong about wiley and we'll get to emerson later hey we got uh <laughs> Duncanville and Brian, I mean, I don't know how much time you want to spend on this. I think Duncanville is going to take care of business. They, they, Anybody that had any doubts about them just needs to queue up the DeSoto game and know that they're ready to play. Yeah, Brian, I mean, they, they were a middle-of-the-pack team in that District 12, 6A. And, you know, I got to see Temple, and, and, and they beat McKinney earlier in the year. So, you know, I, I think the top of 12, 6A with Harker Heights and uh, Temple might have a little bit of something. But Brian, middle-of-the-pack. Duncanville should be able to name their score, but I'm very interested as we keep going down. Now you get to get your Houston hat out and, and tell me a little bit about this Woodlands team. Uh, do y'all have them on IHSS every week over there in the Houston area? We have both of those games on, as a matter of fact, the, the next two matchups, Woodlands and, and Nimitz, Klein Kane and Cy, Cy Rance. Now, the Woodlands are, is not going to have much problem getting through Nimitz. Uh, they got a quarterback named Mabry Metauer and, uh, you can see his brother. I think his brother plays for one of the Pac-12 teams. He's actually a pretty good good player out there. But And they have a solid receiver out there, too, uh, Quanel Farrakhan. And they've been putting things together. They couldn't beat New Caney, and New Caney shut them down to just seven points, which for a high-powered offense, that probably tells you a lot more about New Caney than it might tell you about the Woodlands. But we'll get to New Caney a little bit later on. I think the Woodlands wins this one, and they'll have a problem with the second one because you got Klon Kane and Cy Ranch in this next matchup. Cy Ranch may have actually done themselves a favor by losing their their last game of the season and getting Klon Kane because last week Klon Kane had to use their best player as quarterback. It kind of reminded you of that Lake Travis deal. They had to use their wide receiver, Jalen Smith, at quarterback. Now, they had no problem over Tom Ball. We are not – by the way, this is a little spoiler for – division uh, for division two of 6a we're not going to see the same little run from Tomball that we did last year that that team doesn't have what it takes this year so don't expect to see him past first round or even getting you know 
hopefully scoring the first round because they've been getting shut out lately. But anyway, they they get Klein Kane instead of the Klein Collins team. Now, personally, I think Cy Ranch loses to either one of these teams, but they're going to be in a bit of a – it'll be a competitive game against uh, against Klein Kane. Uh, neither, obviously, neither one of these teams is going to battle Duncanville that well when we get to round three. But for their second round game, if it's the Woodlands against Klein Kane, that's going to be one to see. That may be a game of the week down there in Houston. But as of now, uh, I picked the, the Woodlands taking down Nimitz easily and – Klein Kane will probably be side ranch, but that'll be like a one score game. What kind of what kind of neutral site game would you see for uh, the Woodlands and Klein Kane? You got those North Houston teams. They're pretty much right next to each other. So I know. They, well, they, might get one of the, they may throw them in one of the Cypress stadiums to to battle it out, like FCU Stadium down there. Equally inconvenient for both teams. Exactly. Won't, won't take them up to high deal. school. Yeah, throw a little triangle deal in there. All right, next up is Saxy against Rockwall. Uh, Saxy's kind of up and down all season, and they get a Rockwall team. Oh, it looked like you had something to say there, Diggs. You got something I, I, I did. I, I, I was just impressed. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. You, you saw the you saw me being impressed at your Houston knowledge. I, right. You know, I, I'm not impressed by you very often, Ward. So, like, that's See, what that's why I should shut this podcast down. You that's should that facial expression. By... Like, that was some solid Houston analysis right there. I, I was right. impressed. This dude is tripping. Well, what do you think? Give me some solid DFW analysis on on this sexy Rockwall game. I think you, you've already told me 10-6-A is going to sweep through this thing. I think that Rockwall is not going to have much of a battle here. This is another three to four score game, which is why we probably will not have a camera at this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, Saxy, their offense has really figured it out, uh, you know, and, and but the thing I like about Rockwell this year is that they've got a defense, too, you know, that that Rockwell, you know, you know, it, a previous iteration of Rockwall, you know, you might have to be a little bit worried that they're going to get, you know, put into one of those Rockwall Heath Rockwall 73 to 70 kind of shootouts and a turnover here, a turnover there, uh, you know, could really, you know, up, upset the apple cart. But Rockwall, this version of Rockwall is really suited. And, and now that they're looking at things and looking at that second round and not seeing DeSoto there, I think Rockwall is starting to, you know, you know, kind of feel themselves and, and they're starting to uh, think to themselves, okay, we might be able to uh, see a little something. We might have a road trip, Ward. We might have a little Thanksgiving road trip with maybe a little Rockwall Spring Westfield and, and maybe a little, uh, you know, maybe get some uh, Duncanville, uh, the Woodlands. Exactly. We're at McLean Stadium or something. They usually do that down there, McLean. Let's go, man. Pack a bag. Well, pack let's a bag. We'll have some. There. We may have a game Friday night too. We have to pack a bag, stay overnight at the Econo Lodge. You got any points there? <laughs> yeah, you, you got the big dude. You get us at least Fairfield in, can't you? <laughs> hey, the winner of this game plays Wachahatchee or Temple. You got to see Temple, but granted, week one. They, things probably changed since then. I got to see Wachahatchee week one. What's that? You got to see Wachahatchee week I one. I did, but I've also seen him in week. I also saw them in week eight or nine. I forget when they played Mansfield. And they kind of, man, they played with their food in that game. I didn't like that too much. They were dominating the whole game when I was there, and they just could not put the points on the board to put them away and let them come back to – they ended up losing by 11, but they got it to 14 there for a while. And and I was like, why, why are they taking this team to bed, man, putting them down and, and singing them a lullaby? I don't understand what's going on here. But what do you think about this game against Temple? You know, that game you saw, you know, again against Mansfield and, and you were playing with their food, that was right after the, they had to deal with DeSoto and Duncanville back-to-back. -back. And I feel like 
you know, they, they lost their confidence a little bit, but I feel like they got their swagger back a little bit. I think they're kind of peaking at the right time. They've kind of realized, okay, you know, we saw, you know, we, we beat some good teams in, in, in non-district and, and then we, you know, got beat by some really elite teams in district and we kind of know where we are right now. Temple is another team that, uh, you know, I feel like they, ha- they kind of peaked early and they've kind of, kind of, Degressed uh, as I've kind of kept an eye on them. I think this is kind of a 50-50 game, a one-score sort of a game. I trust Coach Tollison. I trust Waxahachie. I think Waxahachie is going to take that next step and go to the second round. All righty. Well, that's what I'm hoping to see. Uh, Before Houston- they play in the second r- round, Ward, will it be oh, – we already talked about that. I think we're going to see Rockwall. But right. who would they potentially play in the third round with Spring Westfield and Conroe? The third round, Can Conroe the- do it? Can they pull off an upset? Conroe could not do it. West uh, West Westfield is playing on all. You know they're clicking. They got that kid that came over from uh, Klein Oak, that quarterback PJ Hatter, and he's just he's just having so much fun there. Like he struggled to get wins with Klein Oak. Westfield, he just says, "What do you call him? Go Daddy." He says, "Take off, boys," and and he's got the arm to throw 40, 50 yards, and before you know it, that thing's over. That's what's going to happen with the in the Conroe game. But if you go down to the other one, the Klein Collins Bridgeland, you would think that one be a close game, but I actually feel that Klein Collins did themselves a favor by not winning the district and getting a Bridgeland team now, because Bridgeland, the quarterback situation there is not what it used to be with Connor Wegman, obviously. And they have a speedy receivers down there with, with Jonathan Nelson and the kid going to Miami, uh, Reed McKeesick. He's going to McKeeska. He's going to be a tight end down there at the university of Miami. Why would a Texas guy pick Miami? I would say the weather and the women probably is the one thing that may have slighted their way. But anyway, uh, I don't think I think Klein Collins takes this Bridgeland game and then the Klein Collins Westfield game could stay close for a first half. But I do think Westfield pulls away and then and then that's when you'll see Westfield against uh, Rockwall West winner, which I don't even know who to pick in that one. I'd, I'd have to do a little bit deeper thoughts on that one. I don't know if you've done any thought thinking. Wow. I, I want to know why you call them Bridgeland. I, I don't even know what Bridgeland is. You know, is that like a subdivision? It, it's to, a my, to me, it's it's Cybridge. Cybridge is that what you call? Well, they got a Cybridge. They don't want to. They don't want to confuse everybody. They got a Cybridge down there, so they just kick that Cypress thing to the curb and just go with Bridgeland. I, I like Cybridge. You know, it's like you know, it's like a cyborg. You got the cy, you got the Cybridge and the Cybridge and got some science fiction fighting out there it sounds to me like a like a bridge that you don't want to take it's like oh boy i'm about ready to get on that side bridge it's a little shaky spring westfield is your team to to go to the third round like i said on twitter man i tell you what when they get to a game against duncanville they come i mean last year when they came out there had the big old radio on their shoulder dancing and hooting and hollering around. They got hit in the mouth three times like that. And then they, they folded. They were yelling at each other on the sideline, didn't score a point. It was just – it was an awful showing that they just if – you, if you smack them around, they have a tendency to just to lay down. So if this happens again when they – if they face Duncanville again, well, they're going to have some problems again. All right, Diggs, let's move on to 6A Division Two. Uh, Byron Nelson – wins their uh will finish the second and they've got a boswell team coming up talk to me about how you feel like this game is going to turn out both kind of you know byron nelson's still putting up those crazy numbers they just had a little stumble in there when they faced a, a tough south lake carroll team but talk to me how how you feel they're going to do against the pioneers 
the question. Was it a stumble? Was it a rain thing? Or 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 did Byron Nelson learn something? I mean, you know, you got Byron Nelson and when I was doing my research into this, you know, I didn't realize how you know they have a top rated running back as well in Aaron Darden. You know, you you know about Gavin McCurley, you know about Jake Wilson, you know about Landon Ransom goals, but I didn't realize that, you know, Aaron Darden had such a good year for Byron Nelson. You know, you just think of Jake Wilson leading the area and passing and, you know, just that you just kind of put those rushing yards as, as a bit of an afterthought. But Byron Nelson is a pretty complete team. Whereas Boswell, you know, they just confuse me. They have a pretty high ceiling, uh, but, you know, they haven't played very consistently at times. I think Byron Nelson, uh, you know, even though it's a tough draw, it's our, our CW33, our, my guy Doogie, is going to be calling this game for channel 33. Uh, but I think Byron Nelson is going to, you know, come out and make a statement. But I think what we have to learn about Byron Nelson is, did they learn anything from that Carroll loss? Or did we just get, you know, kind of an accurate calibration of where Byron Nelson is? And, you know, we've talked about Division One in the past as being that gauntlet. But, you know, I, I know we're looking ahead up to the bottom of this district, but whoever is going to get out of this district, or whoever is going to get out of this region is really going to have to go through the gauntlet to, to get out of this one. Usually it's region one with that, you know, when you think of Allen and some of those runs that they had to get through going through some of those elite Carroll teams and elite Trinity teams, this is what division two looks like now. And I don't think I've ever seen a division two this strong with this many loaded teams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those lowest teams, either Eastwood or San Angelo central, because that's who they face next. Like you like that? You think one of those two teams are really gonna push Byron Nelson to the next round? I don't, I don't like it. it. I'm taking Eastwood. You take I, Eastwood. I like Eastwood. I, I like El Paso Eastwood this year. They got a coaching okay. friend of mine over there. I, I like Eastwood. All right. All right. Although that was a fun game a few years ago. Remember that San Angelo Allen game? That was yes. really fun. Did you go out but, there to do that one? I didn't go out there, but we did get a video of it. Boy, that that place was jam packed. See what was going to happen with uh, what was that kid's name? Uh, McGuire, McGuire, or something like that. McGuire, the quarterback for uh, San Angelo Central that year. Uh, a special game too. It lived, lived up to the hype. It did. It did. Uh, Guyer's taking on Marcus. I just learned uh, from my guy Derek Jackson. It's a little little family affair thing going there. There's an administrator at Guyer who uh, is married to uh, assistant coach at Marcus and. She just took the job at Geyer a couple of years ago, so one of her kids plays for Geyer and the other kid plays for Marcus. That's probably all the information I got for you that can keep Marcus close because she's wearing Marcus clothes over there at Geyer. That, 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 that's excellent information, Laura. Do you have any more information for us? Those kind of Yes, yes. Geyer by three scores. I'm sticking on that three-score thing. I'm not going to go beyond that. But you, you, don't, you don't like calling blowouts? No, I don't like it. Although you know, 21 points to me is a blowout, but go ahead. Talk about that. We're in some playoffs. First round, you, you get some pretty you get some pretty bad blowouts. But man, Marcus is just looking at, at the at these draws. And you know, on one hand, they're thinking, okay, we, we, we like our district, but then they're looking at these first round games and they had Prosper for two years and Prosper made it to the regional yeah. finals both years. And now, you know, you got Prosper going up to D1. So, like, okay, we get a little bit of a break. Now they get Denton Geyer in the first round. And they just have to be, you know, you know, can we get a first-round draw against a team that's not 9-1 and or 10-0 and every year? Uh, and, you know, it's probably going to go to the regional finals. Marcus, you know, for me, you know, if you look at that Plano East game, and, yeah, Plano East lost 50-7. to But <laughs> if you ignore that score, Plano East out-yarded 
Marcus in that game, and, and they were able to do some things against Marcus. Marcus looks like they got some injuries on the offensive line because they don't look like the team that I saw against Jesuit at the beginning of the season. So you got Denton Geyer with that infrastructure, with a big line, defensive line, big offensive line. I think they're just going to destroy Marcus. I think we're going to see a 50-7 to game on Marcus to reward them for beating Plano East 50-7. to and I, I feel for Marcus a little bit. It's it, it's tough sledding for them. Yeah, and our thoughts go out to Coach Atkinson as well. He's going through a lot of medical deals here to try to figure out what's going on with that stroke and 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 the and the MS that he may have. So I, I hope he gets gets the help he needs, and he's just, he's such a great guy. So I'm hoping that stuff works out for him. Uh, the winner of that game is going to play Highland Park. As they're playing Bowie, I'm sorry, they're playing Bowie, but I I can't see Bowie going into Highland Park and and, and beating That's them. That's real disrespectful at the mouth ward. That was right real at the disrespectful mouth. Disrespectful at the mouth. And I hate doing that too. I shouldn't have done that to the. You should have done that. Well, you you're like Coach Sam. You can edit that out of there, but I don't want you to edit that out of there. I'll edit it out, man. That's Coach Sam. I shouldn't have done that to him. Sorry, Coach. Darian Bowers over there at Arlington Bar, uh, Bowie and Kelby Valson, you know, they, they got a chance. They got a puncher's chance against Island Park, and, and they really do, given the fact that they have so much talent over there. Uh, I, I think that, you know, you talk about what a three-score game is. This is probably closer to – I think it's going to be way more competitive uh, than Geyer and Marcus, but I don't think in a shootout uh, Bowie's got the defense to at all to stop Highland Park. And really for me, and, and we talked about this, you know, eight, nine weeks ago – Highland Park versus Denton Geyer in the second round is just, for me, a dream matchup when it comes to the coaching because, you know, Geyer's got a new coach over there, kind of an unproven coach. And then at Highland Park, not only are you going to have, you know, Randy Allen, you know, legend, goat coach, you got Rodney Webb sitting there at AD who knows everything about Geyer. And, man, I I would love to be in that coaching room to kind of hear what that game planning. I mean, when it comes to athletes, Denton Geyer's got way more athletes than Highland Park. I mean, Brennan Storr's a special quarterback. But if there is a game plan that can beat Denton Geyer, Highland Park's going to have it figured out. That's interesting. It's kind of the same way with the – if you take it at the college level, Texas is is turning to Gary Patterson and say, okay, tell me how we can beat TCU. That's probably what Highland Park's going to be doing with, with, with Rodney Webb there. Uh, Crowley gets to go to South Lake Carroll on a Thursday. Now, that, that's quite an accomplishment for Coach Resendez to get that team into the playoffs. Uh, I hate the fact he gets rewarded by having to go to Dragon Stadium, but still, it is a playoff team, and, and you know, anything goes in the playoffs. But I, it, it, they probably won't be too competitive with the Dragons. Do you know what's egotistical, Ward? What's that, Me? No, well, I mean, I, you know, you have a little bit of an ego to you, not quite like me. So it, it's kind of kept under control. That's why you put yourself around me so you, you can deflect your ego. But uh, Carroll's senior night is is that game against Crowley. They didn't even plan it for the regular season, their senior night. They, they're having their senior night the first round of the playoffs. I think that's egotistical right there. That is kind of – that's they, I did not know that. First round game. That, that they're, we're just going to go ahead and have senior night on our first round of the playoffs because we know we're going to be at home and we're going to go out on a on a high. I don't like that, Ward. I, I think that Riley Dodge, that's some golf from him, man. Come on, Riley. You can't be doing that to us. He's not watching this podcast. He's busy getting his hair blonde for the for the playoffs. we got to get that dye in there. Winner of that game gets another El Paso team or friendship. Who you got, East Lake or friendship in that one? Well, 
one thing I, I at least want to come back and kind of tie the loop. Crowley, you know, this South Lake Carroll versus Crowley game really reminds me of like the Arlington Martin versus uh, uh, Richland Burtner game we talked about. Crowley is really young. And just like, you know, Burtner's only five and five, Crowley's four and six, they're going to take their lumps. But 2024, Crowley's going to be a team that, you know, you don't want to see in the first round. You're not going to be scheduling senior night in the first round of the playoffs against my 2024 Crowley Eagles. The 2022, eh, I, I think Carroll will be taking on uh, Friendship in the second round. Another uh, Abilene game out there for, for you to send a freelancer to. <laughs> but you probably won't because you don't like West Texas very much. You'll no, probably, yeah, 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 we got enough good games here. Too many tumbleweeds out there. Too many tumbleweeds you can't go out that far. McKinney against Capel, that was on your list of possible games you might go to. Obviously, you chose not to. But they're playing Friday night at Capel. Uh, we've already heard from you saying 6 6 is going to get swept out of this deal. Uh, McKinney's really put together a, a heck of a squad, and I think they're actually using Keldrick Luster a little bit more than they did early parts of the year. And, and he may be a factor here in the postseason. Yeah, both these teams are flawed in very predictable sort of ways. For McKinney, it's their offensive line. Uh, you know, they don't have a very athletic offensive line, and uh, they've gotten better. And that's one, you know, credit the offensive line coach over there, who a uh, former Flano East guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's got, he's kind of making some chicken salad out there with the chicken that he's got over there. It's not great chicken, uh, but, you know, he's making enough of that salad to get Brian Jackson some lanes and and they're able to find something. Coppell just can't run at all, and that's just kind of the problem. Uh, they got Jack Fishpaw, and he's really their best runner. When you're quarterback, you're five eight quarterbacks, your best runner. You know, it, it's it's something that you don't really uh, uh, hang your hat on very much. It's a 50-50 game, but I think of how Coppell lost to Louisville by five touchdowns. I think of how Coppell uh, barely beat South Grand Prairie, barely beat Tell, uh, Keller Timber Creek. Coppell is a team that when they're playing a team that they are better than, they're going to look really good. Coach Wiley out there, uh, you know, he, he, he's got a beauty pageant, and when when he's better than you, he will put it on you. But uh, when, when it's a 50-50 game, there's going to be some holes and there's going to be some deficiencies. I think McKinney matches up really well. They got that really good secondary. I think they're going to be able to just rush three or four in coverage, uh, you know, and put everybody else back in coverage, rush three or four and, and put everybody up back in coverage. McKinney, it's a really bad matchup for Coppell. Uh, they got Zach Darkock uh, and a couple good players for Coppell. You know, we got Braxton Myers. We won't call him Braxton. Tom. <laughs> you know, so they're going to have some matchups that, that, fare very well against them, but I just don't think they have enough. I think McKinney is going to uh, take care of Coppell and, and maybe even convincingly. The winner of that game gets to face a playoff game that we've seen many times over the past couple of years, Jesuit and Arlington. Uh, you've been confused about Jesuit this entire year, which, which one's going to show up. Which one's going to show up against Arlington? They, because now they got a home game, thanks to Professor Diggs. They get to play at home, and you should give yourself a pat on the back. I'll understand what you're talking about, Ward. <laughs> They're heading from Choctaw, Choctaw to Ranger Stadium, and uh, that's courtesy of a, a bit, professor you, I know. Your 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 producer was not very happy with the with the professor about that, by the way. Yeah, I, the producer wasn't. He was very upset because he wanted to get a Thursday game there. Now now Pat Doney's taking that game, and I'm, you know, I'm going out to Desoto to see him play Flugerville Weiss. Uh, I know your your Central Texas love. You got Pflugerville Weiss and Lake Belt. You're getting a show ready out there for us. You got you got your all these previews, all these highlights of these Central Texas teams. You're ready to get a beta test out there. I like the way you think, Ward. You're smart. <laughs> well, tell me what you think about this game now that's on Friday. 
You know, I think Jesuit, uh, you know, Jesuit's offense is pretty good, you know, and Arlington's defense is not very good. So I think you're going to see a good old fashioned shootout at the end of the day. And I think it's going to be who's going to make less mistakes and who's going to uh, make timely plays. And that just basically falls into Jesuit's game plan. I think uh, we're going to see a score like the Arlington, Arlington Bowie score, but I think you're going to flip it where, you know, our Jesuit's going to win like a 56 to 42 or a 56 to 49 sort of game. I just can't see Arlington at all slowing down Jesuit. Arlington, they're going to score against Jesuit, but I think you're going to see one or two turnovers and I think you're going to see one or two mistakes and then Jesuit's going to take it to the next round. Take it to that next level. Or they will, by the way. I, I think McKinney is, is looking really good to go three deep before uh, yeah. they, they, they get uh, hammered. The Carroll Dragons. My that's an interesting one, too. Carroll against McKinney. I was, while you were talking about the Bowie Highland Park team, I was just you know envisioning Highland Park, Highlander Stadium. And I was like, man, have I ever seen Bowie step on that field? I don't know if I ever have. So it's always interesting to, to picture those things. I just went off on a tangent. I apologize. Down in Region 2, Wiley East had a chance to go undefeated, but didn't really happen because Rowlett took them down. But they faced Rockwall Heath now, who who stumbled against a couple teams here down the stretch, and now they get to play Wiley East at, at Wiley ISD Stadium. Yeah, these are two teams that are, like, I think broken in, in many ways. I mean, when Rowlett beat you to end the season, and, and I didn't say anything bad about Rowlett. You know, I've, I've got friends in Rowlett. Plano East beat Rowlett, so I got, you know – Nothing but love for Rowlett over there. Uh, you know, Rowlett finally beat an East. If you would have asked, you know, which East did uh, Rowlett to beat, was it Plano East or Wiley East? I think a lot of people might have thrown some shade at my Panthers, but it was uh, the Wiley East. And, and Wiley East, if you look at their last three games, really, they just look like a team that they got figured out. You know, it, it was a, they were able to kind of keep things together with smoke and mirrors in this district against Garland teams. But, man, when North Garland is kind of rolling you at halftime and you have to kind of come back, and then Wiley, you know, they had a win late in that game, and then Rowlett exposes you. And I think Rockwall Heath, even with some question marks and some problems, I think they're going to be big favorites against Wiley East. I think, you know, Rockwall Heath, even though they've lost, you know, three in this district, uh, you know, and, and they're kind of going into things limping, Wiley East is not, you know, Wiley East is kind of like North Forney, you know, you know, they're not one of the top teams in this district. I don't even think Wiley East would make the playoffs in, in 10-6A at the end of the day, Ward. So I'm, I'm throwing some mean shade at Wiley East. I know you're showing me some bobblehead dolls of Wiley East, but I think Ralph Heath is a comfortable favorite over Wiley East this uh, week. It's some severe shade. That's like a, a tornado done come through here and shaded up the whole place. And like, but you I, did I, say I at the beginning – you did say at the beginning of the season when I had you ranked the top 25 teams, man, you took nine, six, A, and you tossed them out the window. Wouldn't put one team on there. Now well, you have it. thrown them in there every once in a while now, but I don't know if they're going to stick. Took them right on out. Took them, you put them in, you took them out. It's like you walked in the front door and then showed them the back door. That's right. It's that meme of the kid running in, looking in, right on out of there. Well, they take on the winner of DeSoto and Pflugerville Weiss, which I just told you I will be at, but uh, I don't think I'll be there for longer than a half because I think DeSoto is ready to stomp. I mean, heck, even Coach Mathis, when I said uh, we were trying to figure out a time for Jonte to come in and get his bobblehead, I said, well, we got a Thursday game uh, week one of the playoffs, and I probably will get another Thursday one on Thursday. Like, he just blew right past the, the Pflugerville thing, which he probably should. I don't think it's going to really uh, be oh, disrespectful over there. Yeah, at the mouth. At the mouth. And that's where De that DeSoto 
felt disrespected at the mouth. That's where that the origin of that story is from. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think they'll take care of business. Dare I say four to five scores? Ah, I may just do it. I don't say stuff like that very often. Moved up there, just straight on up. Since Pflugerville is not listening to this podcast, I'll go ahead and say five scores. Why don't you go ahead and break down Pflugerville Weiss? I know you did the research on them. You got you got your roster ready for them. and you know. No, nothing. I got to call my super syntax insider to let me know about that. But I will break down these next two games. Uh, New Caney, Eisenhower, Tom Ball against Cy Woods. I just dumped on Tom Ball, and they, they're not going to beat Cy Woods. I think Cy Woods takes this one by a couple scores. Uh, they have a devastating defensive player that actually – my freelancer called me and said, boy, this guy's too big. And I was like, well, he's not going to tackle you, so relax. Just shoot the game. So they, the side woods is going to take that one for sure. And then they'll play the winner of New Caney in Eisenhower, which is another Eisenhower. It's going to be a New Caney win. And I'll tell you why. They have a running back named Kedrick Rissano. Uh, Rissano. I always call him Riscano, but it's Rissano, he told me. Uh, Michigan State kid. And he is just great out of the backfield in – and uh, catching passes out of the backfield as well. And he's, he's been a starter there since he was a sophomore. He's really come to the, come of his own here in District 13-6A where they went, they just swept right through it and went 10-0 and on the season. Uh, I see New Caney beating Eisenhower, and that New Caney-Sive-Woods game should be a, a good game, a close game, but I do think New Caney will pull that one off. Which I got leads. a game for you, Ward. What do you got? Okay, we're going to play a little bit of a game. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you the coach's name for Pflugerville Weiss, and you have to guess, does he follow me on Twitter or not? Okay. So get ready. Steve Van Meter. Does Steve Van Meter he does, follow because me that name sounds that name sounds familiar to me, so you must have known him somewhere down the line. So I say, yes, he follows you. He does not. Steve Van Meter does Steve not follow Meter. me on Twitter. Well, then we're done with that, Pflugerville. We're done with him. <laughs> If he doesn't follow you, then I don't follow him. Yeah. All right. Name and Forest is taking on Roy City. Now, you said a 10-6-A sweep, but you were dogging on Roy City the last couple of weeks saying, hey, I appreciate their effort, but they're not going to finish strong. But you do think they're going to beat Name and Forest. Well, they didn't finish strong. I mean, Mesquite Horn beat them by 25. No, no, you're right. But they're not finished yet. They they're still not have finished a game yet. With Name and and I think they're going to win. I think we're going to go one more deep. I think uh, – Roy City has a really good chance. I mean, Naaman Forest has fallen off. Like, they, they got some depth issues over there. They lost to Lakeview Centennial. And how about Lakeview Centennial? I mean, they, they're looking at this 9-6A, nine, nine, and they beat three of the four playoff teams. The only yeah. playoff team they did not beat was Wiley East. They, so, they're, they're looking at this going, man, that should have been us up there losing to Roy City in the first round. But it's not. It's going to be Naaman Forest losing. And <laughs> – Plano East beat Naaman for us. That that lets you know everything you need to know right there. There you go. And the winner of that game is going to take on Mansfield or Harker Heights. Now, you've kept your eye on Harker Heights for a long time, so tell me how they're going to match up with Sergio Kennedy in Mansfield. What? Sergio Kendall? Sergio Kendall coming back from the, from the Heisman, Woodrow Wilson. We got a last-minute transfer over there. <laughs> I thought we had that sock game, so, you know. <laughs> Over there. What, what about James Johnson? What about that yeah, running back? Where's, where's Byron Eton? Where, where, Byron Eaton Jr. is playing for Lincoln now. That so. is true. That is you got true. that. And Dvorsky Lane Jr. is playing for O.D. Wyatt. 
Look at you bring up name. We're all getting off on the tangent here, but yes, Johnson is the guy to look out for as, at the running back position. But Sergio is going to be making the making the system as a quarterback. And can either one of those guys get him up to a W over Harker Heights? I think this is a 50 50 game at the end of the day. I think man, you know, having to go to Harker Heights is going to be a little bit of a travel issue. Uh, and that's going to be the variable. I think Harker Heights will win like a one or two point game. Uh, I'm cheering for Mansfield, though. I, I, I'd like to see Mansfield make it uh, because I think whoever wins this game is going to be a big favorite next week. So you get Mansfield, they get that win, and they, they might be able to go uh, uh, three deep, maybe four deep at the end of the day. You know, when you're looking at all this, I think the Harker Heights Mansfield uh, you know, might have a chance to go to the regional finals. That is a good point because you, you bring it's, up the, it's a weak region, too, over here. It is. You bring up the bottom end of this district, and you're right. Cy Falls, they barely even made the playoffs, but they ended up being in that four-way tie there by pulling off an overtime win over Cy Ranch, or they may have been sitting at home. They're playing at Tomball Memorial that is extremely down from the last couple of years where they were senior-laden. Actually, last year they weren't good, but two years ago they were senior-laden. Uh, Layden, so I, I take Cy Falls in that matchup, and then uh, out of these next two teams, uh, DeCaney or Oak Ridge, uh, Diggs, let's go ahead and ask you a question. Which team do you think has Adrian Peterson's half-brother on it? I, I think Spring DeCaney, because they, they've had some weird transfer issues over there, so. I don't know if it's Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge has got yeah. uh, his half-brother that's, the funny thing is he's only a junior, I believe, and Adrian Peterson is, what, 40-something? Which tells me mom's is uh, is is being a mom throughout God knows how many years, but they are taking on Spring DeCaney, who actually has a, a star name, <laughs> Jonah Wilson, who who backed off of UT and is going to Houston. That's kind of a a, a weird flex right there to get off of uh, to pledge to Texas and then like you know what I think I'm gonna go to University of Houston instead, but he is. And I think that uh, his playmaking ability will probably get him the win over there against Oak Ridge. Okay, so our, our, our game continues here. We got Antonio Singleton, uh, Spring DeCaney coach. Does he follow me on Twitter, yes or no? No, he doesn't. Nah, he doesn't. He doesn't care about me at all. He could care less about the old Diggs man. Does that, no, th th I got some Houston people that follow me, so you know, I, you, you're gonna you're gonna get it's, lulled into a sense of security, false sense of security, and then all of a sudden you're gonna you're gonna pop you're gonna out of nowhere, this. and all of a sudden you know I'm gonna ask you about Mark Schmidt, uh, the Conroe Oak Ridge. Does he follow me on? That's Twitter? a good question, because he's been around for a while, and he probably no, came up here to stay, but he probably doesn't. No. <laughs> All right, let's move on to, to uh, 5A Division One, shall we? Well, I mean, let, let, let's talk about how well this is set up for DeSoto, just in the big okay, picture. I mean, do you see anybody playing DeSoto no. within three scores in this? So that's probably takes the sting off of their loss to Duncanville, right? Because they're they're they don't have to mess with Spring Westfield, and they, I mean they'll still have to mess with them uh, with the uh, whoever in the, the top half, South Lake Carroll, whoever you got. But yeah, you're right in Region Two. Who, there's you're, not thinking, you're picking South Lake Carroll over Denton Geyer right now, putting you on the spot. I'm just, no, I'm not picking that. I was the first team I thought about in Region 1 to think about. But, yeah, when you look at Region 2, I don't know. Heck, is there anybody that's going to stay within three scores of them? I don't know. I mean, Denton Geyer, if you look at Denton Geyer's hypothetical path, you got Flower Mount Marcus, which is pretty solid team as, for, for a first-round game. you got Highland Park. 
you got Byron Nelson, and then you got South Lake Carroll. That's their potential pathway to get to there. And DeSoto, they're just playing, you know, six and four teams and five and five teams to get there. Right. And ten and no teams. Not fair. Whereas yeah. you got you got Den Geyer's gonna have to beat eleven and 0, 11 it's and the way 5, it is, but it may toughen 0. up. It'll toughen up Geyer so they don't fall short if they get to the state title game again. Again, real tough. There you go. They've already been toughing up enough through five six A, but I'm going down to class five A division one. You can stay up in six A if you want to, but we're moving down to a game that you're gonna be at. Here's another trivia question for you, Mr. Diggs. Since I just I've just visited Coach Hennigan today. Uh, up at Denton Run, how many bobbleheads does Coach Hennigan have in his uh, trophy case of Denton Ryan football players only, considering we first started giving them out during Kyler Murray's senior year? Okay. Give it a I thought. I would say you've got five. Yeah, you got one more, six. Six. That's six up there. Any that, kid that, that's that's ever- the record, right? That we, we, he's the leader in the clubhouse. I don't. I didn't do the research, so that I came here without the research. But that could—it's certainly plenty. And uh, any kids that named Sanders that—that's ever played at Ryan's got a bobblehead there for sure. That means Jatavian Spencer and and uh, Drew, who, by the way, I also found out when I was up there, Drew is projected as a twelfth pick overall. Now, I he had a heck of a high school career. I never thought it would translate to a first-round pick, but he they're talking about – the NFL scouts that have come back to Hennigan are talking about him being a Micah Parsons type just because he can play all these different positions on defense and get to the quarterback at all of them. Now, he's they said his, his ceiling is 12 and his basement is 34. And either way, wherever he goes in that range, that's that's some solid stuff there. I know we're off track here, but how about Drew Sanders? Now, I hope he got better on doing interviews since the last I talked to him because he was extremely shy when he came on the show there. Gave me a little yes-no action. Dave Hennigan, does he follow me on Twitter, yes or no? Yes. Yes, Did he I does. Mean, you know. He's got to follow you if you're from DFW, man. Well, he, he, this is digs you know, he probably thinks I'm real disrespectful at the mouth, too. He's just waiting to, to yell at me. Do you, do you remember that story I told you a couple of years ago at, at I was covering Denton Ryan and Longview and – uh, the, at the star last year and one of his offensive uh, line coaches came running in the press box and said, average coaching Dixie. You think that's average coaching? You like that? Did you like that? Oh, no, I don't remember that story. Yeah, I, I love the reenactment though. They, they got real fired up about me because I said, Denton Ryan had some average coaching <laughs> that they were, they were kind of playing upon the uh, talents of their team as opposed to their coaching ability. It's going to shut down this podcast one day. I know it is. Going to do it. Then, Ryan, when you look at what they did against Justin Northwest last week, I was impressed by that. I mean, that – that to me was like Denton Ryan figuring it out. My 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 kids were playing volleyball this year, Ward, and, and they're playing seventh grade volleyball, and they finished the season in third place. But then they won the tournament because they figured it out. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the, that light switch came on, and when the tournament started, they figured it out, and they rolled and they blew out teams that they were losing to earlier in the year. And, and they, they figured it out, Ward. My, my Dixie twins, they got it figured out. I think Denton Ryan is like the Dixie twins. They got it figured out. They figured it out. Huh? And they got they got experience, too. He was telling me they had four sophomores and, and one freshman playing on the defensive side of the ball. 
and that the freshman, the first two games, was just running around trying to, you know, stay out of people's way, and now he's making plays. Now, they will be without Anthony Hill in this game, which which is a sad thing because he's, he's got a little bit of an injury there. But, yeah, they and, and, and Jordan Bailey's dinged up at wide receiver, but they're going down to Red Oak. It's going to be a uh, – it's certainly not going to be a 2-3 score game. It's going to be a tough one, and it's um, that's why you're going. It's going to go down to the wire, I think. I think it is, but you know, Red Oak, they kind of, you know, Midlothian, they they played Midlothian, Midlothian put them up by three or four scores. We might see Denton Ryan do the same. I think if Red Oak might, you know, they get out early on them and kind of punch them in the face early and Red Oak, you know, it's not a great matchup against Denton Ryan's defense for Red Oak. Uh, so, you know, I think Red Oak's going to have to play them close, but I could see Denton Ryan, if they've got it figured out, they might roll on and we might see them play uh, Abilene or El Paso del Valle. And I don't even know enough to make a accurate prediction about that, that kind of a thing, but Abilene, you know, eh, I was I like hoping, there we go. We'll take that as your, as your prediction. Abilene wins. All right. Abilene ben Ryan. And really that super regional, uh, it, it's not the scariest, you know, then Ryan, if, if Anthony Hill, I don't know if he's out for the season or just kind of banged up for a week or two, but uh, they might have a chance to get healthy. Right. And then all heck breaks loose, right? And they got experience that one on defense. Burleson Centennial taking on Lake Belton. Boy, you almost had a heart attack if Lake Belton didn't make this thing. But they're in it, and they're playing a, a complex offense against – or they're playing against a complex offense with Centennial. I don't know how much they – well, they saw it against Midlothian. Oh, so against Midlothian. That's it. really – And they stuck know, with really them the whole time. They lost them down the stretch against Midlothian. So what do you think about this game? And that, that's how I calibrate this game is kind of looking at that Midlothian game. And we know that Lake Belton was able to score against uh, Mid Midlothian at will, uh, they were, but they weren't able to hold on. Burleson Centennial is going to have a little bit of a better defense. Uh, but I don't know if Burleson Centennial has the playmakers. Uh, they got the quarterback kind of situation, but, you know, Midlothian has a lot more playmakers outside of the quarterback, whereas Burleson Centennial, I think, uh, outside of uh, their quarterback, I don't know if they've got the playmakers to uh, you know, to compete with Lake Belton. I think we're going to see Lake Belton in a, in a slight upset over Burleson Centennial. This that, does sound, you're, that does sound right. If they can bottle up Philip Hamilton, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and I think but, that they'll get to see another triple yeah, option. Tascosa, right? Tascosa. That's true. That's true. Tescosa gave everybody fits like two years ago, but let's see how it works with Lake Belton. Uh, Alito's playing Shoemaker. Alito went through another district uh, year without losing. They that's what's the streak? One hundred and eleven games now, I believe. They just don't lose district I can't games. Count that high ward. I don't have enough toes. <laughs> well, they're taking on Shoemaker. Let me know what you think about this game. Well, I mean, Shoemaker is actually – really, I think one thing we're going to have to learn about is that three you – know, with all these 19 districts that we had to deal with, they didn't have a lot of non-district games to really give us much comparison, and then they were all starting district in week three. So they've all kind of been playing their own little bubble the last couple of weeks. Now we got the 3-5A bubble against the 4-5A bubble. You know, I, th there are a lot – this is not an easy game for Alito. I, I think of, of all the matchups, really, uh, Alito's looking at it and like, we got fourth place Shoemaker. That's our reward for winning district. Is yeah. is that team a really good defense? Uh, I think Shoemaker, you know, may keep it a lot closer against Alito than a lot of Alito fans are going to be comfortable with. I think Alito will win, but I think it might only be a 7-14 to 14 point kind of win. I don't think Alito's going to go in there and do what you would think Alito's going to do in the first round. And, and who are they play? L Lubbock Cooper or Bel Air? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Cooper's going to be a big favorite against Bel Air. And if you remember a couple of years ago, Lubbock Cooper almost beat Alito in the playoffs. So there's some history between those two teams. That is true. Hey, Midlothian is taking on just the Northwest. If Midlothian hits them in the mouth in the first half, if they confuse them, which they shouldn't since they've seen Centennial, but if they can confuse them, get off 20-point lead in the first quarter, then this one could go downhill real quick. I mean, they're coming off a very bad loss to – to Ryan, and are they going to be able to regroup in time to face this Midlothian team? No, nah, I think Midlothian has just got too much talent. I don't think it's about hitting them in the mouth early and confusing them. I think Midlothian's just a completely better team. So I think Midlothian will, will take care of business very similar to how they beat Red Oak. I agree. Who do they got next, Parkland or Amarillo by morning? I think we're going to see Amarillo by morning up from the state of don't make Everything that I've got. Good. It's just what I've got on board. <laughs> Amarillo by morning to Kamkari by mid-afternoon. I added that lyric myself. There you anyway, go. Mansfield Timberview, my uh, state champion, according to you. Taking state on champion, you got, them, got, got them straight on to the state championship. But really, at the end of the day, I think that they're looking good till the third round. I mean, I think they got a pretty easy draw as far as that goes. I, I think uh, Frisco Heritage they're going to give Timberview a little bit of a tussle, kind of like we saw with Richland early on. And, and Heritage is way better than than Richland is. So I think we might even see a three-quarter tussle. You might even see Heritage out early, kind of like we saw with Richland. But I think Timberview will pull away. I just think they got too much talent. Heritage is just got, it's too banged up. You know, Heritage at full strength would have been a much better matchup. Uh, but, you know, they got this got too many injuries. I think Timberview will, will take it uh, from just uh, having having more depth than Heritage. Heritage needs to get that special teams figured out. I mean, not only do they get that blocked punt against Reedy in the first quarter against Lone Star, they got a field goal blocked, they fumbled a kickoff, and they did the most wonkiest fake punt I've ever seen in my life. They snapped it to the coach's son who was playing punter, Bryce Gilchrist, and he just took it with two hands and chucked it up as high as he could in the air, and Lone Star's looking at it like, what? And then they just batted it down, and they ended up getting the ball at the 50 I've never seen anything like that. I don't even know what – I'm trying to get very – I try to check Coach Rayburn because I kind of be disrespectful of Coach Gilchrist and say, hey, what's the story on that punt? So I asked him and he wouldn't answer back. But I've never seen anything like that in my life. But anyway. Are you calling for the uh, special teams coach at uh, Heritage to be fired? To be fired? No. He's a good right. science teacher. He needs to uh, stay at that school. Let's move on to Barbers Hill and Farney. What do you think about Coach Fleener bringing in, uh, bringing in his uh, Jack Rabbits against the Barbers Hill? Used to be coached by Westerberg Squad Eagles. Who, who's coaching there now? I don't know. You don't know. I don't have it, it off the it, top of my head. Is it, he following it's, you? It's Carl Absec. Is Carl Absec no, from Barbers Hill following me or not following me? He's not following you. He is following me right there. Carl Absec, shout out to him. Well, I'm going to stop following you just to even it out some. He won a state title at Cedar Park. Remember that? I do remember that Cedar Park team. There you go. So, uh, I, I think Forney's going to win this game. I, I, I Fleener he going down south. You can talk to him like that. He that, follows that district. That district was so bad, and we got 8-5. You know, I think 8-5A is going to be uh, – uh, one and done. I think you'll get Port Arthur Memorial, but that's it. I think that's all you're going to get from eight eight five A. All right, Diggsy, moving on down here. Frisco Reedy against uh, WT White Boy. Frisco Reedy 
ended up with a 10 and 0 season where they got a week off, right. To prepare for this WT white team. Some teams need two weeks to prepare for those Longhorns. Uh, talk about how you think this matchup's going to turn out. And I just want to give flowers to WT white at the end of the day. I, I don't think anybody's going to project them to win this game, uh, but they had a nice season. They lost their coach. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody predicted them to make the playoffs. They were they were pretty close as far as was it going to be Newman Smith or WT White. I know we went with uh, Newman Smith, but WT White, I think they overachieved this year. Uh, I'm proud of them. I'm sure they're not looking at this like, oh, we're just uh, happy to be here. They're they're game planning hard for Frisco Reedy. Frisco Reedy has really been. Uh, hurt by injuries uh, over the last uh, this whole season. It just seems like every every week we're I'm looking at their injury report and seeing one more player uh, down from them. I I don't see them having an extended playoff run, uh, but I do think they'll get to the second round, uh, and I, I think they'll struggle in the second round. But I do think they'll get past those Longhorns that you talked about. Yeah, if they do get to the second round, we talked about Heritage. Uh, heck, you had me firing the Heritage special teams coach. Well. We need to get a raise over there to Reedy because they they're undefeated because of the special teams coach. They got two wins because of that, and they're probably going to need some special teams magic against Lancaster if if Lancaster gets past Kingwood Park. Uh, Kingwood Park had a solid season. They have a very good running team. They don't have the athletes to match up with Lancaster at all. And then they bring that game up here uh, that it just everything swings into the Tigers into Weibo Nation. Yeah, it really does. But, you know, Lancaster, you know, you, you look at some of those games earlier in the year, like when they would beat McKinney North and put up 70 on them. But Lufkin last week, Ward, I, I'm getting a little bit nervous about Lancaster. I, I want to to put my stock in this Lanc- Lancaster wagon and say, OK, I think that they can they can beat Longview in a rematch. But, Ward, I'm a little bit worried. I need I need my Tigers to kind of revive a little bit of hope for for me. You need a big win. This is one of those games. I believe you said was uh, what was it, Guy or Allen? You want yes. to. It's one thing to Guy to win, but you need him to win big. So you need Lancaster to win big in this one, right? I, I do. Then I need him to win big next week too to start to get my confidence back up in these Tigers. That is true. You did throw the sock uh, thing on them that you felt like they were like soccer next year. So you do need them to come up with some uh, big wins here. All right, the lower half of this bracket, we got Longview against Crosby next. We we've all talked about Crosby's state title game two years ago. Then the semi state semis last year. Uh, they they had to nervously get into the playoffs during the last week, and now they have to travel up here to East Texas to face those Lobos who are seem to be playing very well. Yeah, Longview is playing very well. I think a lot of people when they're when they're picking their state champions, uh, Longview is kind of the consensus. You know, the sexy pick right now. Everybody is uh, get, getting on Lobo Nation, and that uh, you know that puts a target on them. And you got a team like Crosby who has experienced success, but uh, nobody really expects to be competitive in, in this game. Uh, it's a little bit of a dangerous game. If it wasn't a game that we would be picking by five or six scores, you know, this is one of those games I'd kind of tell you you know put on upset watch but I think Longview the talent difference between Longview and Crosby and really Longview just about everybody else in the state right now is so advanced I don't think uh, even if Crosby has its best game and and maximizes their ceiling they're going to be very competitive in this one but I do think it'll be a little bit closer uh, than some people think because Crosby will not be uh, bowing out without at least a a valiant fight but that might mean instead of losing by 42 they only lose by 21 which I know as you said earlier that's your blowout pick of the week three, three scores 
That's my blow-up pick. And while you're at it, I'll start talking about Lone Star in uh, in Richland. But you go check and see if Coach Preto is following you because I'm always interested to see if the Crosby head coach might be following some of these Houston guys. Is he following you? We'll find out. Lone Star is taking on Richland, and I talked to Coach Rayburn, who I'm pretty sure is following you, before their finale against Heritage. And he said, man, if we go 8-2 and two this season, man, that this is the coaching year of the century by our guys here, my staff, because – they are. You talked about injuries at Reedy. Heck, I think that whole Frisco ISD, at least at 5A level, has been beaten down with injuries with every team that's in there. And they're down to their third string guy, Bennett Fryman at quarterback. And he's not quite the thrower, uh, the passer, but he does. He can take off running. I mean, he started the season playing safety, for crying out loud. And now he's doing the best he can there. And they got to 8-2. and two. They are taking on the Royals. Tell me what you think about this game. After you, you know, tell me Frito's following you. What's your project? What's your? I say no. He's got no time for you. No, no time for me. Uh, Coach P at Jerry Prieto eight is following the. Project. Oh, he does have time for you. But but I was not following him, so we had to fix that. Oh. So he's going to wonder all of a sudden. Disrespect with the fingers. Digs. He, he doesn't. I know he doesn't listen to the DFW podcast, although he should, as we're talking about him, and I True. gave him some flowers, you know, so. Might That's want to true. let those people know in Houston that he said that if he waits an hour and fifteen minutes, you'll hear somebody talking about him and how his team will lose to Longview. I'm sure you'll right. hear that. But they're going to lose with with pride and, and, and dignity, and that 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 says something about that. I remember you talking to me uh, last week via text mo- message, Ward, when we we're talking about Lone Star, and you were kind of telling me what Rayburn was saying, and and we bantered back and forth, and and Lone Star has really, you know, even though they've had injuries, even though this is not the Lone Star that Rayburn envisioned at the start of the season, what he has done might be one of, one of his best coaching jobs, and that's kind of what you indicated earlier, right. and what we talked about with text messaging and and that makes Lone Star a dangerous team because they are starting to get that confidence and they feel themselves and Richland you know Richland lost to Birdville and you know they they played Timberview good for you know maybe 18 minutes of that game before bowing out I think Lone Star with that confidence and because I think Lone Star because I don't think Timberview is the state championship pick that you think they are I think Lone Star has a really good opportunity to get out on Richland early and dominate them very much like we saw uh, their last two games uh, to end the season Uh, I think uh, just like they they knocked out Heritage and they didn't make it close I think we're going to see a very similar kind of a point margin like a a 38 to 7 kind of game with Lone Star. Absolutely. Well, what do you think about uh, if they if we're saying they're advancing? What do you think their chances against Longview with the depleted Lone Star team, but a team that's believing in themselves? Can they keep that thing close? I think they can keep it close, but you know it, it kind of depends on you know is, is Longview going to come out here to the Star and you know play play indoor or are they going to go out to East Texas? There's some variables there. Uh, Longview will definitely be a favorite, of course, uh, but I think Long. Uh, it, Lone Star is a very dangerous team with nothing to lose, and I think Longview uh, will get a good shot from Lone Star. Well, McKinney North is heading down to Port Arthur to play Memorial. I think we kind of both agree that's the the one Houston area team that may pull out a win here. Um, McKinney North has, has been going down there the last couple of years to play their first-round matches and haven't really been too successful. So talk to me about what do you think about their chances of keeping it close with Port Arthur? I, I believe you – said they were going to win you thought they were going to win but uh memorial that is but how close is this thing going to be you know mckinney north has played 
a, a wide gamut. Their, their spectrum, their talent spectrum this year, you know, they've been up as far as, you know, starting out the season beating Garland, which, you know, may, may have had some questions afterward, and then beating Justin Northwest, I think, is really their signature win. But then they've had some games, like we talked about with Lancaster, where you just look at them and you go, what is this team, you know? But at the end of the day, when you look at their three losses, their three losses are to Longview, Lancaster, and uh, and, and Forney. So they've, they've been – Beating the teams they're supposed to beat, uh, but when they lose, they kind of lose spectacularly, and and I think that that might kind of fall under this. Uh, you know, I think McKinney North, uh, if they can be competitive for a half, they have a chance. But uh, you know, we keep talking about in in various uh, settings the knockout punch and getting out early, and you know, you just get off the bus and you've warmed up, and you're gonna have that Port Arthur Memorial crowd. And I don't know how many people from McKinney North are gonna be making the trip. I heard McKinney North didn't even bring their band to Longview, so do you think they're gonna be bringing mm-hmm. their band to Port Arthur? You know, it's going to be kind of quiet and, and kind of bare over there on the McKinney North side. If they can get past that initial shock and, 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 and play their best football game, they absolutely have a chance. But I think with all the intangibles and the home field advantage for, uh, for Memorial and uh, just having to go on the road, I don't know if they're going to be able to take this one out. But again, I'm going to, I'm going to couch my caveat with if McKinney North has this game Kind of tight at halftime. I'm going to be putting it on upset watch, but I think Port Arthur Memorial will probably be hearing three score favorites uh, at halftime, and then they'll kind of whittle away and, and maybe make it a, a one or two score game in the fourth quarter. But I, I do like Port Arthur Memorial. But again, it's it's all about that intangible. Can they get off the bus and play at the highest level right. despite all everything going against them? Exactly. Last one in Division One is Birdville against Wakeland. Uh, the Wakeland, we they started off so wonky for us. I like to use that word wonky from time to time, but we didn't know what to expect out of them. But they've come on strong here and, and earned their playoff spot with the win over Frisco last week, and now they take on a Birdville team. Uh, finishing in middle of the pack there, not middle of the pack, but middle of the pack of the playoff teams, but they we're, we're not sold on them, are we? I mean, I'm not sold on Birdville, are you? Well, I want to know is, is where are you going to put Wakeland and, and Port Arthur Memorial? Where Where's your neutral site for that? Game? Yeah, where is that thing? That would probably be somewhere around uh, maybe Shreveport. <laughs> your triangle deal? Throw them into a different state? Kind of, kind of go maybe over so. there. That would Shreveport. be interesting. Maybe, maybe go to El Paso for for a sometimes. Big sometimes these teams from out of state they throw they throw away their home field advantage just for an opportunity to play in the star. You think that that would put Port Arthur would do? Oh, I'd like to play in that star. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Come on yeah. up here and, and and we'll shoot you. I, I I bet you would shoot them, wouldn't you? Shoot, I, I, I don't shoot like that game. Started, the way you were doing the guns yesterday, I was like, well, take it easy. But, yes, I would give video highlights of that game if it was indoors. If it's if we're talking about 45 degrees, yeah, I'd shoot some highlights of that. Are, are, are you going to put that on? Uh, are you gonna it wouldn't make it on the Houston show? show, no, because I don't count Port Arthur Houston. Man, what's wrong with they you, do. Ward? You, you need to expand the circle of trust out there. People from Beaumont can watch. Do they have their own TV shows? In, they in have their own station. They don't need me. They got their own deal. They they need you. They're probably watching the Houston stations to, to trust their, you know, they don't like that. It's like Texoma. Texoma's not real. Neither is the Golden Triangle. That's not real <laughs> over there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Wakeland, talk about the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team this year. I mean, you know, we're, we're still talking about them beating Highland Park from last year, even though we're, you know, a full year past that point. Uh, and, and Birdville, you know, yeah, that – 
that that's just an eight and two. They almost lost to WT White Ward. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't put much stock into a team that almost loses to WT White. Uh, I think Wakeland should win this game comfortably, but I, I just don't trust Wakeland. But at the same time, I think Wakeland might make it to the third round. But, you know, Longview is really looking at the bottom half of this bracket, you know, that maybe beating Lone Star and then maybe beating Frisco Wakeland, you know, before, you know, they take on uh, Lancaster in the fourth round. I, I think Longview really has to like their path uh, as far as, you know, they're not really seeing any super competitive teams here. And uh, so yeah. who, who's going to be setting up to, to lose to Longview? I think we may be finding that out in the bottom half of that bracket. Yeah, that does look like the case. Um, let's move to Division Two, and I'm gonna go ahead and let you take over the the this first game, Palo Duro against Cantillo. I can't even pronounce it right. Canatillo, you gotta guess that that Y for the L, the, the double L's. Canatillo. Canatillo, who you got? Canatillo, if you remember that a couple of years ago, they made a really good playoff run. They beat Ennis and Everman, or they they made they yeah. made a nice little. Maybe they lost to Ennis, but you know, uh, I remember that, that specifically because our old host David Watkins was there, and boy, he did not have fun with that name and got crushed for it in some emails. Uh, is that why he's now he's out of the? Yeah, now he's out of the game. He's out of the broadcasting business. Poor D. Thanks to those emailers, <laughs> chased him. Chased him out of there. Yeah, I think Canatillo is probably the favorite over a three and seven Paladuro that kind of got into the back end of the playoffs, fourth place there. I think Canatillo is probably a healthy favorite there. Gotcha. And then the winner of that game will play uh, Arlington Heights or Frisco Independence. And boy, that's that seems like a fascinating game. I'm not. That, that's a one score game if I've ever seen one in my eyes. But I, you know, Arlington Heights has always been in my squad going through these playoff or through the regular season. So got to stick with them during the playoffs. So I'm saying Arlington Heights by four. You like that? I, you know, when I I, like I, was, I struggled with this game more because you know this was one of our DFW varsity pick'em games. Yeah. So I was trying to figure this out. I put a little bit of extra research into that. I, I'm sure our podcast listeners don't want to hear that. You know, some games I don't put much research <laughs> into, but this game. This game right here, Arlington Heights and Frisco Independence got the digs deep dive as far as that goes. And, you know, Frisco Independence, even though they're eight and two, they really haven't played anybody this year. And when they have played decent teams, they haven't looked really good against those teams. I think Lake Dallas might be uh, considered their best win when you kind of look at uh, uh, the teams. And I got to see that game. And uh, that was a game that even went down to the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, they had they had to pull out a, a late oh, win. Oh, they should have lost that one, right? They should have lost that game if, if they dropped that pass. If that Blake Dallas would have caught that pass in the end zone, you know they would they would have won that. But then they lost to Emerson and Argyle. Uh, Arlington Heights has looked good this year. Obviously, they they've actually they have a quality win. And you know you look at Frisco Independence. Yeah. What's their best win? It's a game. Well, they arguably should have lost. Arlington Heights beat the heck out of Collieville Heritage. Yeah. Uh, so I think. Running game translates well to the playoffs. Frisco Independence didn't really, you know, fare well against the run. I think Arlington Heights has a pretty good line. I think they're going to be able to jam it down their throat as long as they can have ball security and Furch isn't fumbling. And when they pass it, they're not throwing interceptions. I like Arlington Heights as well. Yeah, they control that line of scrimmage. They should get that four-point win I talked about. Uh, what's your thoughts on El, Pas El Paso and Abilene Wiley? Did you give it to Diggs deep dive on this one? Oh yeah, when you know you go out to Jones Stadium, that that famous El Paso Stadium out there, uh, 
I don't, know, I don't even know if it's the, they have a famous El Paso stadium out there. I can't remember the name of it, but Abilene Wiley ended up winning uh, the district uh, that uh, that two five a district, and I think uh, you know they're they're probably looking at this as a, as a good chance to uh, be competitive to get to the third round. Obviously, I, I'm going to like the DFW teams just a little bit more, uh, but you know Abilene Wiley is one of those teams out in West Texas that they're very much they very much play in the style of a DFW team, and uh, they're not going to be intimidated by uh, either Emerson or Heritage. And, and again, that that's going to be a fun game for us to talk about because how many times am I going to pick against Frisco Emerson this year? I, I think if you have a highlight reel from the DFW podcast of all the bad things I've said about Emerson and all the times I've been wrong, you'd probably get a nice comedy reel out of it. It's a lot. And almost every week you're, you're doing your strut at halftime thinking, yeah, I told you. And then Emerson comes back and wins the game. At least they have the last couple of weeks. They're playing in the star against the, against heritage. Uh, so that was a good chance. To, if I throw that out to my freelancers. Hey, uh, there's a game indoor. I'll take it. And I got like nine guys that say they'll take that game. So we'll have highlights of this one, but how do you feel about that when they can't afford to get behind like they did uh, in their district in some of these games against heritage because heritage loves to air this thing out, but they, they do turn it over some on the, on on the picks. You know, if if you look at everything in its totality, you got to pick Frisco Emerson in this game. I mean, you, you look at the fact that Frisco Emerson. Bless it. You just jinxed him. And I was hoping Kendall would keep going. Um, All right, finish it up. Let the professor talk here. You talk mean, all over me, man. Speak, man, speak. Frisco Emerson, you you look at every element of the game, how they played against Argyle, uh, you know, how they've continued to come back in the second half, how, you know, they, they make those second half adjustments, just their style of of good balance attack. You, you got to look at them and go against Colleyville Heritage, who has played very badly at times this year against Arlington Heights, Texas High, and Grapevine. You got to look at this and go, Frisco Emerson is the favorite. I'm taking Colleyville Heritage. I don't trust Frisco Emerson. <laughs> I'm tired of Frisco Emerson ruining my picks. Colleyville Heritage is finally going to have their best game of the year. And in some unthinkable way, Colleyville Heritage will find a way to win this game. <laughs> my man digs. He always comes up with the dramatic ending. I love it. All right. Another three – uh... It's making me look dumb every single week. <laughs> Coach Miller's got your picture up there, and he's just chucking darts at it left and right. Three five a another it's dumb again. Another three five a versus four five a game is Odie White against Argyle. Uh, this looks like an, an uh, easier Argyle win. Uh, three scores. I'll give it three scores because I don't like to go higher than that. But Odie White played a good. Board. Odie Wild played a nice season, and I, you know, I was impressed by the highlights I saw of Caden Barrett and and how they he gets gets out there and gets to either takes off or throws the bomb or what have you. And it, he he played good in that district. I think this is just a different animal, and it's going to be difficult for him to make plays against Argyle for sure. You know, I, I talked about this in the dump, and it's it's very disrespectful at the mouth. I still don't know how Argyle ended up number one in the state. I mean, and it's not to say they haven't earned it because obviously they beat Lovejoy, they ten and zero, and and you're looking at this region one, and you're like, well, who's in region one going to beat them? Is it going to be Grapevine? Well, they already beat Grapevine by two scores, you know. So so our guy was going from four A Division one to five A Division two, and they're looking at like a state semifinal. They might win the whole thing this year, and right. I still don't know how they're doing it. I mean, I guess all you gotta do is win by one point every week, and and you'll be a state champion too. But Argyle, you know, I, I get you. 
list off your Argyle players that you always like to list off. I'd love to list off the bookends, the Riley, Van Poppel, and Michael Madre. I love listing them because they don't give the opposing quarterback uh, more than two seconds to make a decision, and they rush into some picks because those guys are not 5A Division II-type players. They're high 6A players, and if we ever get to 7A, they're 7A players. You know, and, and I think of the fact that they were able to, you know, rush for over 500 yards against Lovejoy, and they're able to adapt. Coach Rogers, you know, he may win Coach of the Year for the, for this coaching right. job because although Argyle has a good team and they've got those players that you talked about, if, if you just take kind of the elements of this team, it's not a state championship team. And Coach Rogers has molded them and made them believe they're a state championship team and reminded them we're Argyle and, and has elevated Argyle to the next level. Coach Rogers, you are my unofficial 5A Division II Coach of the Year. I'm just going to call it right now. Get a bobblehead for that guy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Situations where I'm like, I can't believe Argyle might win state, but how can you argue against them at the same time? Exactly. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about ODY. They've had a good season, but I think Argyle will, is, is starting their, their rise and, and got to keep taking them. And one thing that – Argyle did do in this new district is, is save the district on uh, bus gas money because they're just driving over to Frisco all the time. Well, all that comes to an end once uh, we find a winner here between Ryder and, and, and El Paso Chapman because then they're probably going to have to gas that thing up and head on out to some sort of neutral site. Talk to me about who you got winning that joint. I think Wichita Falls Ryder might be kind of like Longview. They might come out yeah. to the star just to, That's you know, true. hang out. That's maybe, true. Maybe we'll check out Globe Life. Globe Life would actually be a decent uh, – they got the baseball stadium open. Right. You know, they put put them down there in Arlington, you know, make Argyle drive through the Metroplex. And, you know, the rider can take 287 down and, you know, ca catch the right time and, and make it there. Ryder is a really good team. They've been state ranked, uh, you know, but then they lost to Abilene Wiley in their district. Uh, they've had a couple of players out from injury, which has kept them from hitting their max. They're a dangerous team. Uh, they should beat El Paso Chapin, and I think they could give Argyle probably one of their tougher games, uh, you, you know, in, in this region. Uh, but, you know, the bottom half of the region, they're going to have to deal with Grapevine and, and Wichita Falls Ryder. Uh, so they'll get some competitive games, uh, I think, at the top half of the if they get to the round four, that's probably an easier game for them than round three with, with Grapevine uh, in round two with Wichita Falls Rider. Who's to say you get to the regional championship and you get to take a little bit of a break uh, right. in, in this region. Maybe Colleyville Heritage yeah. uh, wins the top half of that region. But I'm taking uh, El, uh, Wichita Falls Rider. Uh, but Argyle, Wichita Falls Rider, that'll be a fun one to talk about next week. That does look like a region where Argyle could get through uh... – unscathed there because they have played grapevine before and grapevine plays lake dallas this week at home they play them on thursday night and their running attack has been devastating through this whole season talk to me about who you got in this one do we got a camera crew at this game ward we do not uh, i thought this was your backup when i when i ruined your backup, talk backup ended up being DeSoto uh Pflugerville Vice for other right, – You want to go see John Tay Cook, right? Exactly, for other reasons. Hang out with him and – Secondary reasons. Get some selfies. Yeah, you know how it Coach is. Coach Mathis, your boy your boy Mathis. Got to get hang out. out. Pre-game pre -game pep talk from Coach Mathis. Pflugerville right. is our rival. We've got <laughs> – to respect us. Yeah. They spelled their name with a P.F.? Let me tell you <laughs> what. They were – they better spell that daggone F. Hell. We're going to spell that with an L, our <laughs> rivals, Pflugerville Weiss. Yeah, exactly. Ignore the P and the F. We're concentrating on the L.
That's right. The, the, the Pflugerville. They got two L's in their Ville. Like Duncanville. Pflugerville and Duncanville. <laughs> we Don't can't like deal with it. If they got three L's in their name, we're going to give them a fourth one. That's right. Uh, we're talking about Grapevine. Get off track. Yeah. What about Grapevine Lake Dallas? Talk to me. You know, Lake Dallas had to uh, beat Denton to get into the playoffs. My guy, Coco Brown, had a great game, but they just couldn't get past, uh, you know, Lake Dallas. That, you know, it's, it's just a very consistent team, but they don't have a high ceiling. They kind of maximize their talent on the field. Uh, Parker Polk, what can you say about him? You know, a potential uh, MVP candidate for, for Grapevine. It's just played fantastic all year. I think they'll have one more good game. Uh, you know, I'd say by three scores, Ward. Oh, here we go. Three scores. That's a blowout in my eyes. <laughs> the winner of that game gets to take on El Paso, uh, Andres, or, gets, or Abilene Cooper. Who do you think in this one? Are you going to go Coop? Well, who do you just, – just, know, just the teams. You, know, you don't go. know anything about these teams. You got El Paso, Andres, and Abilene Cooper. Which of those two teams? I would usually go with Coop. There it is. There you go, Abilene Cooper. Is that who you're yeah, going Abilene with? Cooper played Keller pretty competitively like we talked about earlier this year. So, you know, they've 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 – Stepped up the talent. Abilene Cooper is a little bit down. They've had some injuries this year, uh, but you know they're still going to be a dangerous team. I don't think Grapevine uh, is going to be looking at Abilene Cooper in the second round, going, "Oh, that's an easy game." Uh, I think Abilene Cooper, at if, if they can if they can maximize, maybe get some players back. I think they can be competitive with Grapevine, especially in a neutral site. Well, there you have it. All right, let's move on down to the Region Two, where we have Midlothian Heritage, who who got that. Uh, District title from Everman, it's kind of – I was. it's wild because they both had 34-34 games or 35-34 games. One team uh, misses the two-point conversion in Everman. The other one gets it in, in, Love, in the Lovejoy-Melissa game with Melissa winning 36-35. But that Midlothian Heritage game puts them at the top of this bracket against Kimball, uh, which should probably not be too much of a challenge for the way this Midlothian Heritage Jags team is rolling right now. Yeah, you look at the Midlothian Super Regional uh, with Kimball, Marshall, and Crandall in that little four-pack, right. and uh, Midlothian Heritage is is really a favorite in, in these four teams. Uh, I think uh, they should have a pretty easy week against Kimball. Uh, you know, if, I think they're going to – I'll just go ahead and, and skip past your your intro to the next thing. I, I think they'll get Crandall in, in the next round. Uh, Crandall is – again, you, we've talked about Crandall all year, and I'll be interested to kind of reframe your thoughts on it. They have the offense that can be – that can fire away with Midlothian Heritage. So Midlothian Heritage has a couple of mistakes in, in that game, a, a timely play. Uh, Crandall could definitely – you know, that's a game that I would kind of put a little bit of, of, of an upset watch. Crandall has – the high-end ceiling to compete with Midlothian Heritage. But Midlothian Heritage has shown that they can win these shootouts like they did against Everman. Uh, so I think that uh, unless Crandall does something special. Uh, but Marshall, Marshall again, is one of those teams that, uh, you know, on one hand they beat White House, but on the other hand they, they lose to Hallsville. So, you know, you just look at them and go, what is this Marshall team? And uh, I, I think uh, even though that they're going to have the uh, home game, I think Crandall's going to go out there and uh, and defeat Marshall. Yeah, we talk about teams. We've talked about teams that once they fall behind, they're very they don't have the offense to come back. Well, Heritage has the offense to come back, so they they they'll be all right if they fall down a little bit because they can still gun you know guns away and get back in this thing. That next super regional is very interesting to a lot of viewers and ourselves. You look at South Oak Cliff against Summit and then Lovejoy against White House. Talk about that South Oak Cliff uh, Summit game 
we talked at nauseum about the summit and how we, you know, you didn't expect all that much during the campfire. I said, Hey, realize that they were losing a lot of talent. They find a way to get into this in the playoffs, but they lose the game. They needed to win at the end to stay away from uh, South Oak cliff. And now they got a trip to Kincaid. Yeah. When you look at these four teams and, and this super regional, uh, it, it, it sounds weird to say this, but this is probably one of the only four pods of uh, of 5A where if the uh, uh, two upsets happened, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like uh, you could see a situation where Mansfield Summit beat South Oak Cliff because there's just a lot we don't know about South Oak Cliff. And you can see White House beating Lovejoy because of all the dysfunction in Lovejoy. Obviously, these are going to be the two, the DFW teams are going to be the two favorite teams in South Oak, not that Summit isn't a DFW team, but the favorites are going to be the favorites for a reason. But you can see a pathway for Mansfield Summit to beat South Oak Cliff just because Mansfield Summit is battle-tested. Uh, they played Ennis last week. It was a 30-27 to 27 game. It was a very competitive uh, four-quarter game. And Mansfield Summit has been playing at a high level the last couple of weeks. That's a very dangerous game for South Oak Cliff, who struggled with Woodrow Wilson for a good three quarters. That the margin of that game was really because of South Oak Cliff figuring it out in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get out of this South Oak Cliff team uh, as they start to play competitive teams. And then Lovejoy, oh, man, we've talked about that ad nauseum. I'm not going to go on to a uh, dump-like rant about Lovejoy, but White House is a team that they beat Texas High this year. And Texas yep. High, you know, dominated Colleyville Heritage. Uh, so, I mean, this is a team that has – played up to a very high level at times, but then they've lost to Nacogdoches, who's the last place team in that district. And then they lost uh, to, to Marshall this past week. So White House is very much like Lovejoy. You just don't know what you're going to get out of them in any given week. Just like Lovejoy, anytime Lovejoy has had a competitive game, they found a way to lose in the fourth quarter. So these two games are incredibly interesting. The smart money is obviously to take the favorites, but Ward, can't you see a pathway where Summit and White House win these games? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like you, going right back to what you said, we have been able to trust these teams, especially a love majority team that was up two scores and could have stayed away from this mess of White House sock heritage and, and got to the lower side, but they couldn't hold the two score lead. And now they're in this and maybe that'll motivate them now that they know that they got a, a beast of a team every single week. Maybe that'll get them to play at the top of their level and and pull out these close games. Who knows? Lovejoy at their best is the best team in this region, but we haven't seen them at their best and we haven't even seen them get close to their best. So at what point are that, you know, you hear coaches say you are what your record says you are, yeah. Well, Lovejoy is seven and three. When are they going to show all of this potential that we keep seeing in them? And they're running out of opportunities because South Oak Cliff next week, if both favorites win, that could be their ending point of their season. But at the same time, we could see a scenario where Lovejoy wins the whole state. You know, they can finally, because they, they should have beat Argyle. When you kind of look at, you know, if they can get to the state semifinals, they should have beat, you know, they should have beat Argyle. So can they actually play up to their potential? So far, the, the results have said no, but they got so much talent, Ward. It's so frustrating. Right. As long as I'm not there, they'll be fine because I've been there at their at three at their three losses. So maybe I should just stay away. You look at the next pod here. You got Melissa Hallsville again, and then Wilson uh, Woodrow Wilson against Ennis. Uh, I hate to look ahead, but I don't remember Melissa ever playing Ennis. Do you? That'd be an interesting matchup. But what do you think about these two? Should I not look ahead? 
I mean, yeah, you're, you're speaking of the favorites. I think Ennis has a really, you know, they're a favored uh, over Woodrow Wilson, I think. You know, but Woodrow Wilson, even though they're 5-5, five and five, they showed last week they can be competitive with South Oak Cliff for three quarters. I mean, they are a team that has figured it out and, and they're playing well. I think they'll play Ennis within one or two scores. Uh, I think Ennis is a favorite, but I think Woodrow Wilson is a nice team this year. Uh, Melissa Hallsville just – they have no defense, and we saw that Melissa against a, a decent defense with Lovejoy was able to pretty much do what they wanted to. You know, a lot of people forget in that Lovejoy game, and I keep reminding them, uh, they had four turnovers, and they still won that yeah. game. Uh, so, you know, Melissa over Hallsville, as long as they don't have a game like that, uh, and even if they do have a game like that, they'll probably, they'll probably still be a favorite. But if they play pretty, you know, pretty clean game, I think that they will, you know, will have game management in the second half. And it felt like in that game, every time uh, they would commit one of those turnovers, I almost felt like shutting the camera. I was like, okay, well, Lovejoy's got this one. And they still, like you said, the Cardinals still found a way to win that game. Uh, our last pod down here is Texas High against Terrell and Everman against Siegelville. I feel in that Everman-Siegelville game, the Bulldogs could probably name their score. Not higher than three scores because that would be way more than a blowout. Let me tell you, hear your thoughts on Terrell and Texas High. You know, Terrell is looking really good right now. Uh, you know, they, they've, you know, figured it out. We keep talking about, you know, teams that are figuring it out, like my kids' volleyball team. They've figured it out and got their championship. Terrell is a very dangerous 5-5 five and five team, especially against the Texas High team that had to, you know, back their way into this first seed uh, after, you know, losing to White House. Then White House loses unexpectedly. They get their first seed back. Uh, it, you know, but Texas High had such a convincing win over Colleyville Heritage that Terrell having to go out there, although I don't think Terrell's going to have as much of the, the road trip problem that Colleyville Heritage did because Terrell travels a little bit in that District 7. Uh, I think uh, Texas High will be a favorite, but again, this is one of those games that if Terrell finds a way to win the game, it could end up being a sweep, you know, for uh, seven uh, against eight. But I think uh, Texas High is probably the one sure bet in this uh, uh, in District Eight. But Everman, you want to talk about a team that you know is eight and two, but is is looking at things and thinking, man, if this would have gone this way, this would have gone that way, they could easily be ten and zero. Everman yeah, is a absolutely. very dangerous team. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and you got to give them credit for going for two, uh, you know, against against Midlothian Heritage to try to win that thing. I mean, maybe they would have won it in overtime anyway, but just to have the guts, it's another one of those teams that you, you kind of feel good getting behind too, if you're a fan, you know, if you don't know a lot about, they're a fun team to watch and you, you want to get, get behind this team. We could absolutely see a situation where we have an Everman Midlothian Heritage rematch. And if yeah. that game is as good as the, the first game, I think nobody would complain about seeing that as a regional final. Oh, absolutely. Well, there you have it, man. There's uh, 5A and 6A. It took us a while to get through it, but that's that's our playoff preview. Uh, man, should I make Diggs pick a 6A D1, 6A D2, 5A D1, 5A D2? This is in April. We You've seen 11 games, so I can make you make your picks now if you want. No, I, I don't do you that. Boy. Uh, but I want to know, Ward, is what we're going to see on the show this week. Uh, what, it, what has the, the producer – created for us this week what we have so you know friday is veterans day so we're having a nice veterans day story our inside stories about some veterans that have come back and got into our school systems a head coach at mansfield and still kind of giving back to the kids you know bringing home some of their knowledge that they took overseas and, and fighting for our country and and helping teach that as well as teaching sports as well so 
got a trainer over at, at Arlington Martin as well that we talked to. So it's a nice feel good story about, uh, about veterans coming back and helping here in the DFW area. We got a bobblehead going out to Anthony, Anthony James at Wiley East. I was about ready to show it. And then I realized we're audio. So that's dumb on me, but Anthony James is going to grab one. He'll be on in studio. He'll hopefully be coming in off a win. Otherwise he's going to be real depressed and probably slam the thing on the ground. I would trade this in for a W slam. And then we got the plays of the week and we're going to go next level with Joe Hoyt, who it's still up in the air. What he's talking about. We haven't recorded that yet. It's a surprise. Joe Hoyt always keeps us in there as a surprise. So we have, we have Joe now with a couple of people. He's got to get some scholarships too. I I think he needs to start getting to work on what we have requested him. That is true. Instead of what he wants to do. Either get him on that Get him to SMU or somehow get him on the Rangers, since those are your two beats. Find these high school kids and put them on short, put them at shortstop for Texas. Do something for them for crying out loud. Oh, anyway, the country roads, the country roads are heading to Eagle Mustang this this week, so it's a little closer for Neil Beasley, but he'll get to see Cato Mills and Sanger in a country roads game. Cato Mills is that what you're calling them? Yeah. I, I call them Cato Mills. Gotta, is that what you, know. you call them? All right, my bad. I apologize to everybody at Cato Mills. We'll, we'll, fi- we'll find out who's right. I don't know if I'm right. That's just what I'll just call them, Cato Mills. It doesn't mean I'm right. A lot of but, times you're but right. You're, but you're from, you're from up the north. So is right. there a Cato near? Is that like a buffalo exactly. or something? That's, that's got to be a, a western New York thing that I picked up along the way. Started throwing it out there. All right, next week we're going to talk about round two of the postseason, see who which of these teams made it through and what kind of surprises we've had along the way. Do you think we'll get to small schools next week finally? We may get to some small schools, although it took us an hour and a half to get through to big schools. We'll see what happens next week. Well, we, we, we might give some love to them. But, hey, you can always check out my District 4-3A report. Well, there corporate you there. Look at this, cross-promotion. Old Dixie, he knows what time it is. All right, brother, we'll see you next week. See you next week on the podcast.